wonder whether you are aware right now of how flippin' incredible our God is. Yes! Yes! <laughs> That's the right response. Are you... Do you have any idea how mind-blowingly, incomprehensibly, out of this world our God is? See, maybe you went on fat. <laughs> Good. God got a bigger cheer than fat. That's right. Maybe you went on fat and you saw, right? You saw the one true God who deserves to be worshipped above everything, who's better than any idol we can have, who's better than sex, who's better than greed, who's better than even fun. Yeah. Maybe you saw that God whose name is Jesus, who is absolutely amazing, who's the way that God speaks to us, who is the owner of everything, who's the ruler of the universe, who's the one that washes away our sins, and who's alive right now in heaven, ruling on the throne. A God named Jesus who is better than anything this world has to offer. A God who didn't just stay up in heaven, but who became one of us. One of us, so that he could sympathize with us when we hurt, when we're suffering, when we sin. So that he could help us, but bigger than that, so that he could save us by the one sacrifice, the only way. The only way that we can be right with God. The only way that our sins can be washed away by his sacrifice, which washes them away completely, once and for all, nothing left to pay forever. Did you see on fat how incredible our God was? Because we got excited to not drift away, to make our uh, assurance sure and to run the race with perseverance getting rid of everything that will hold us back if you were on fat you saw a glimpse of how good God is you saw the tip of the iceberg one spark flying away from a giant furnace of how good and incredible our God is and if you missed fat first of all you can catch the talks online they're all on the website all our talks go up online so make sure you catch them stick them on your I dongles or whatever they're called and use them in the like I don't know when you work out at the gym pump the iron you can listen to God's word that's pretty cool I use it when I go for a run which isn't very often um, but there you go so if you missed fat you can still catch it but you know maybe you've been coming to church and youth since you're a baby you've been to churn you've been to junior youth you've been to senior youth you've got no idea how incredible God is and if you're new here man you just wait. Our God is an incredible God. But let me ask you a question. Do you ever find it hard to praise God? I don't just mean here on a Friday night while we're singing. I mean day to day. Do you ever find it hard to, to want to praise God? While I was making these booklets this week, I was all set up. I had my laptop there, my beautiful bamboo laptop. Literally, it's bamboo. Scott Linton doesn't think it is, but I think it is. That's what they told me when I bought it. It's made of bamboo, which is just cool. And I'm there with my laptop and my cup of tea. I did what my mum had been warning me for 13 years that I would do if I drank tea at my laptop, and I poured half a cup into the computer. Devastated. It 
was hard to praise God for the next like couple of days because that like that laptop had all my work in it for uni all like youth group stuff it had the this is why this book is so thin this is just one week of daily reading notes because i haven't resurrected the other 10 of them but i was like i was devastated because i reckon honestly by the way i'm just going to talk about this for a sec this is no this is the most important thing for you to read every day this will help you to do that we've put these together we've designed them we've redesigned them um to be really easy for you to get into. We don't reckon there's any person in this room who wouldn't get something out of this if they opened it up. It tells you what to do. It tells you to read the Bible, gives you some questions. And I'm keen for every single person in this room to do a challenge. Take this home, read it for one week. And you might have already found it. There's a page in there for you to take notes if you want to. So flick through it. You can take notes if you want to. And you can bring them every week to youth group and to your G teams and there'll always be a page there for you to write notes in. But anyway, I was making these and I poured literally half a cup. Like, it wasn't like a spit. It was like, oh, I don't even know how it happened. It was like, good, good, good. I was like, no. And I took all the screws out. There's like 45 screws. And it was all wet and it was gone. So anyway, I bought a new computer, which was fun. But I liked my old one better. And um, anyway, it was really hard to praise God at that point. And I know, you know, hard times can make it hard to praise God. But I mean, good times can make it hard to praise God as well. Like, when you're loving life and just going, kind of forget about God. And actually, one thing that can make it hard to praise God is just the passing of time. You know, you just, you just get dry. You forget. And so Psalm 103, if you've got it open there, this is David reminding himself to praise God. Have a look at verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. All right, David, it says there at the top, Psalm 103 of David, he's the king of Israel, and he knows that God wants him to praise him. Now, praise is a word you may have heard. It means to declare how good something is, all right? Today, I was in Goulburn, and I was having lunch, and I had this soup. We reheated it at a service station, and it was pumpkin soup that my girlfriend's friend's boyfriend made and it was such good pumpkin soup like and you know how i know that it was good pumpkin soup is yeah it was funny pumpkin soup too i know it's good because we were just sitting there in the park watching overprotective mothers protect their kids on play equipment and we were just like man this is good pumpkin soup Mm, good pumpkin soup (laughs) or something like that we were just like it's so creamy and Tommy can't taste anything, so I was describing the taste. And it was really good. And this morning, right, we're driving, because I drove back from Albury today. We're driving at 7 a.m., which is stupidly early. And the sun was coming through fog. And we kind of came up this hill, and the sun broke through the fog. And everything was, like, golden-colored. And we were just like, whoa, that's incredible. And we just couldn't stop saying how good it was. When you come out of a movie, have you ever had this experience? You watch this movie and you just loved it and you come out and everyone goes home and you just left there going, I wanted to talk about that. Like I wanted to say, like, how good was that part? Have you, who's had that experience? Half of you guys, you'll have it. Everyone just goes home. I don't know why. Like you hang out for two hours. You didn't talk to me before the movie. You didn't talk to me after the movie. At least talk to me about the movie. And I'm like, I'm like, how good was Zac Efron? Oh, he's gotten so muscly. Boys don't know what I'm talking about. How good was some female? I try and avoid knowing. Who's the who's best female actress at the moment? 
Megan, okay, that's enough. Let's move on. <laughs> and you want to come out and you want to be like, man, Transformers and the things were blowing up and the explosions. You want to tell everyone how good it was. And it's so frustrating if everyone just walks away. Now, why is that? Why is that? Why do we love to praise stuff? I reckon there's two reasons. A guy called C.S. Lewis told me this. It's because part of enjoying something is praising it. And if you, it's, it's, it's kind of like enjoying something naturally overflows into praise, but also it's like the pinnacle of the enjoyment. Like it's, it's a good bit of enjoying something is like just saying how good it is. And so here's why, here's why we praise God, because God God doesn't want us to hate Christianity. He wants us to love and enjoy our relationship with him. And that's going to overflow into praise. Because you praise the things you love and you enjoy. It's the pinnacle of that enjoyment. But more than that, it's the reason we're on the planet. See, God didn't create you for no purpose. He didn't create you to live for yourself. He created something bigger, something worthwhile, something that matters. It's all about him, not to draw attention to you, but him. It's all about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. It's only about Jesus. And you're on this planet to show everyone how incredible he is. The third reason is because God deserves it, because he is so amazing. And you could spend the rest of your life, in fact, you could spend the rest of eternity praising God and not even get close to how much praise he deserves. So God wants us to praise him. And, and David gets that. And actually, the book of Psalms is a book of praises. The word Psalms means songs. And if you look at them, like just look at it, you can see. It's like poetry. It's, they're, they're Psalms, they're songs or prayers that people would have either said by themselves as prayers or they would have sung when they all got together. For about 30 centuries, God's people have been using these books, uh, these, these songs to praise God. But the original name in Hebrew is praises the biggest book in the bible is praises of god and i just love this book because it's full of people just declaring how good god is so if you've come off that and you're like man i want to replace my idols with god or i want to see how much better god is than everything else so that i don't drift away start with psalms because it just really clearly paints how good god is but i'll tell you what i love most about this book it's written right from the heat of the battle Okay, because life is hard. And these were written like in the situations as, you know, I love music. And have you ever noticed that whenever things happen, people sing? Like you win at the football and everyone like stands around and they sing. Or I don't know, you just have, like I, I get really in trouble because I'm not a very good singer. But like I'm just always singing. If I'm in a good mood, I'm singing because I love it. And if you're sad, you sing the blues or screamo or something. <laughs> I, if you're in love, you sing love songs. When, when we feel stuff, I think music, songs are like the language of the heart. And so these are songs written from situations like, I don't know, like everyone is out to get this guy or he feels very alone or he feels like giving up or, or there's times where he's just dry and he just doesn't care or Sad times or uncertain times, especially a lot of them are about anxious times. But what he does is he takes this situation, this real deep emotion, and he points it to God. 
And he shows how in that situation, God is the one he needs and how God kind of fills that situation. This is a book that has got me through some hard times in my life, both by in the hard time giving me kind of prayers to pray and ways to think about it, but also by teaching me things about God that have prepared me for those hard times. And so I'm so keen for us to get into Psalms this term and see how amazing God is, learn why he's worth praising, and also learn how to kind of relate to him in various situations. So get, get these daily read notes, get into Psalms, and learn. But what's going on in this psalm is, as I said, David is reminding himself to praise God. And, he's, and if you look at it, if you look at verse 1, he's not just on about praising God with his words. He wants to praise God with his soul. With his heart, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, with all my inmost being. See, at EVU, we love to sing. And man, I just love seeing you guys singing out loud and just getting into it. But do you know what? God is more concerned about what's happening on the inside for you. Praise the Lord, O my soul. See, what is it if someone says, "Mm, This cheesecake is so good. I love this cheesecake. It's empty praises. If your heart's not in it, what's it worth? When I see people at youth, like, getting into singing, I'm always like, praise God. I'm I'm thanking Him, but I'm also praying. I'm also saying, God, let it be true for them on the inside too. And so I want to ask you a question. Is it from your heart? Or are you just putting on a show? And I mean this about praising God in song, but I mean this about your whole life. If you call yourself a Christian, is it from your heart or are you just putting on a show? See, God wants it to be from your heart. We live to praise God every day from our hearts. So that's the first part of this talk. We live to praise God. And so then David is here reminding himself, come on, David. Come on, Andrew. Come on, come on my soul. Praise God. So the second part of this talk is, what makes it hard to praise God? What makes that a hard thing to do? And the answer is in verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget how good God is to me. See, the problem is, the problem with us as humans, we're forgetful people. We forget how good stuff is, either because we just kind of forget about it from our heads, or it loses the impact for us. We forget why that's actually so good. And so here's how David gets himself praising God again. He remembers. He remembers. And that's the second part of this talk. See, Christians need to be people who remember. He's actually reminding himself of stuff that he already knows. See, I wonder whether you're a person, when you come to youth or Bible study, you think, eh, I already know this. I've heard that. God loves me. Does it amaze you? Doesn't it just blow you away? Because if it doesn't, you don't know it. You don't get it. You don't know what it means. You don't know how big it is. You don't know how shocking it is. Because if you did, you'd be speechless. See, one of the battles of the Christian life is actually just remembering. Remembering truths and remembering how good, how amazing they are. It's to be constantly being reminded and in a fresh way so we're not bored by it. And so that's what he's doing here. He's reminding himself, don't forget. Which tells you, by the way, 
how to get your hearts into it. You know, just before I was saying, is your heart in it or are you just putting on a show? I talked to a friend uh, in January and he kind of sat down and he said, man, I'm trying so hard. I just don't feel it. And I'm trying. And we kind of talked about it and we worked out. He was just trying to feel. Like he was just trying to manufacture emotions in his own heart right there. But you can't do that. You can't manufacture emotions. Look what David does when he doesn't feel it. He reminds himself of truths about God. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then he goes on, who forgives all your sins, and he's healed all my diseases, and he redeems my life from the pit, and he crowns me with love and compassion. He wants to feel it, so he remembers truths. And that's always the order. Truth first, and then... Your heart will follow if you let it. If you want your heart to be in it, here's what you've got to do. Start with your mind. Start by believing truths. Whether that means you need to go back to basics and learn them again, maybe you don't even know them. Maybe you're like, man, why is this youth group song about God? My heart's not in it. Well, you need to learn. You need to believe truths and then let your heart match. We want to be a youth group that believes truth about God and then who lets our hearts feel emotions that are appropriate to the incredibleness of those truths and then who lets both those things just transform our whole lives. That's the shape that we want to be as a people. And so the key is we've got to not forget how incredibly good God has been to us. So that's the second part of this talk. There's two parts, right? And it's up there. It doesn't just say remember to praise God. It's remember, full stop, so that you can praise God. Remember how good God has been because we live to praise God. That's, you can summarize that talk in four words. So let me ask you a question. How do you remember? Pretty simple. I'll give you five, six ways. Daily Bible reading. There is no better way to remember than to every day, start your day. It's best at the start, I reckon, but whenever is good, get into the Bible and remind yourself. Every week, make sure you're at a church service, whether that's youth or another place, but a church where they teach the Bible. G-teams, where you can study it a bit deeper. If you want to grow as a Christian, get into a G-team. Have Christian friends. You know you're most influenced by the people who are closest to you? If you want to become more like Jesus, surround yourself and make your best, closest friends people who also want to be more like Jesus, and you'll help each other. It's okay to have non-Christian friends, but man, the people who influence you, make them be people you want to be like, who are Christians. Talk to yourself. Sounds silly, but talk to yourself. You know, every day we talk to ourselves, we tell her things like, you're not good enough, or um, you didn't do that right, or that's called self-talk, and we all do it, but we've got to spend less time listening to ourselves and more time listening to God and telling ourselves what God tells us about us. You were created in His image. He loves you. He's forgiven you. So talk to yourself, remind yourself, and just pray and just be in, be in prayer to God all the time so you can just like, God, thank you that you're, you're good. Thanks for creating that. And just remind yourself, thanks for forgiving me. And, and just remember, okay? You got those six things? Most important one is get into the Bible. And then I'm almost done. The rest of this psalm, he just goes through and, rem- and just reminds himself of all these different things. I wish we could go through it. I want you, when you get home, to get your Bible out, read this psalm, and just think about it for a while. Because there's so many things. I mean, look verse 4. He redeems our life from the pit. The pit is like the grave. And he's rescued us from the grave. Where to? To be with him forever in heaven. How good is that? Or verse 5. 
God's the one who satisfies our desires with good things. Not necessarily good things like stuff, like a big screen TV. I remember the best wave I ever caught surfing. Um, not many, so it's easy to choose. It was like b- big bank of water there, like clean as. And I'm like shooting across it. That's what it feels like. Anyway, and the sun is behind it, lighting up the wave. And I'm like trailing my hand, I think. Maybe I made that up. It's the best. Like, oh, the stoke was just, oh, I was speechless. And I was just like, <laughs> that won't come through on the recording. You had to be here. Um, and then I'm just like, I dive off my board, or probably I get dumped. And I'm swimming under the water to get to my board. And do you know what's going through my head? Man, I've arrived. I finally got the wave I wanted to get. I can stop surfing. I'm satisfied. Uh-uh. <laughs> it was like, I've got to get a bigger one. And I didn't feel satisfied. And that's just the truth. Nothing in life's going to satisfy you. You jump off the blob tower at fat, and then you'll be like, we need a bigger tower. Just at that, um, uh, That's a real conversation. You know who you are. Um, Nothing in life's going to satisfy. And God doesn't give us stuff because stuff doesn't satisfy. We heard that on fat. But what he does give us does satisfy. First of all, he gives us himself. He gives us his love, his goodness, his grace, his forgiveness, purpose in life, hope for the future. Don't live for idols that don't satisfy. Live for the one true God who satisfies. More stuff in here. Verse 6, God is just and righteous. Verse 7, God teaches us how to live. He also shows us how good he is there. Verse 8, God's compassionate. He compares about He cares about our suffering and he helps us get through it. God is gracious, which means he gives us good things we don't deserve. Verse 8 again, God is slow to anger. Yeah, we heard on Fatty Gets Angry and I heard lots of you guys were kind of hit by that. But God's slow to anger because it says that he's abounding in love. Verse 13 says... As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. See, one night I was driving my car too fast in the rain. You probably can guess where this is going. Um, I pretty much wrapped it around a tree. No, I hit a little bit of the tree, and um, that's what I tell people. I lost control. I sat on the brakes, hit the tree, CD player stops, and I'm standing outside in the rain in a person's front yard. And what do you do then? Well, I call my dad. Because I know that he cares about me. I know that he loves me. And you know what? He, he was at a dinner. He left the dinner. He came. And he just kind of, he was just there with me. And he sorted it out. He talked to people, paid for the retaining wall that I knocked over. And like, he was, why did he do that? He didn't give me a lecture. He just, he knew that I'd learned from it. And he's just compassionate. That's my dad. And I know lots of you guys don't have dads like that. But God is like, my dad. God is the dad that you should have had. He's the dad who has compassion. Do you get a sense of how good God is? I want to focus on two last ones to finish. Um, Verse 3, it says that God is the God who forgives all your sins. See, I don't need to tell you that you've sinned. Or maybe you've never heard that. The Bible says you've sinned. But I reckon we know it. I reckon we know there's stuff that we regret, stuff that didn't live up to our standards and most of all, stuff that we know that God wouldn't be happy with. That's, that's called sin. Before I became a Christian, I was weighed down by it. I felt guilty and I felt dirty. I bet you David felt worse, by the way. He was, uh, he was up once on his palace roof um, and he kind of looked down over the city and he saw like a woman bathing um, on her roof. 
and he decided he wanted her, so he got a servant to call her up. She was married. He was married. And he raped her. And then he kind of felt bad about what he'd done to this guy's, this girl's husband. So he got her husband sent to the front line of the war where he knew he'd get killed. And the guy died. This is the king. And so then finally David realizes what he's done. He realizes, I'm a rapist. I'm an adulterer. And I'm a murderer. But look at verse 3. See, he's understood something. He's realized how good this is. Verse 3, God forgives all your sins. I don't care what you've done. You're not as bad as David. If God can forgive him, God can forgive you. If you've become a Christian, Jesus' death on the cross washes away all your sins. If you make Jesus your savior and your king, the night I did that, I felt clean for the first time in my entire life. Look at verse 12. See, how clean am I? How clean are you if you're a Christian? Well, it says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed our transgressions, which means our sins from us. Just think about that. How far is that, the east from the west? Like, that's just a silly thing to say. Because that's a long way. Like, that's impossibly far away. That's as far as you can get. The east is over here, west over there, or the other way around, I don't know. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far away from you God has taken your sins, if you're a Christian. How amazing is that? So you're clean. You used to have sin, but it's gone. God's not disappointed with you anymore. He's not angry at you anymore. You don't need to go around feeling guilty anymore. As far as the east is from the west. Isn't that worth praising God about? And if Jesus isn't your savior and your king, you don't know that. You're still carrying your sins, but you can be free. You can be clean. So talk to a leader about that. The second thing I want to just show you is verse, uh, verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. That love there is a steadfast love in another translation. It's a love that doesn't change. It's unshakable. You know, there's nothing you can do that would make God love you less. And there's nothing you could do to make God love you more. He just loves you. And how much does he love you? Look at verse, verse 11. Get this. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. How much does God love you? Like this much? Like this much? Like that much? That's a lot of love. But it's not like that. It's like from the ground to the heavens, wherever that is. Light years. Not in this universe, but like to the sky. That's a lot of love. Like just picture that. As high as the heavens are above the earth. If you've got a pen or a highlighter, highlight that in your Bibles. Write that on your arms. Stick that on your wall. Remind yourself so that you can praise God. You don't need to worry about whether people love you. God loves you. All right. Here's how the psalmist ends his thing. He says, he calls every creature in the universe to praise God. Look at this. Verse 20, praise the Lord, you his angels. Verse 21, praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts. That's other heavenly beings, apparently. Verse 22, praise the Lord, all his works, every creature in the universe. Praise God. Because when you get who God is, when you get his forgiveness that's as far as the east is from the west, when you get his love that's as high as the heavens are from the earth, 
You just know he deserves to be praised. And you just want everyone everywhere to get it, to adore him, to, show, to see how incredible he is, and to, to spend their lives praising him as well. See, that's what life is about. It's about praising God and calling every other creature in the universe to praise him as well. Invite your friends to you so they can hear about it, so they can praise him. Guys, let's, let's praise God. In fact, let's remember how good God is and how good he is to us so that we can live a life that praises God in every circumstance. Let me pray and then we get a band up and we're going to do that. We're going to praise God. But remember, it's not just about now. It's about your whole life every day. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for being so worthy of our praise. Thank you that your steadfast love for us is as high as the heavens are above the earth. Thank you that you forgive all our sins. In fact, you've removed them as far as the east is from the west. You're amazing, God. God, I pray that people in this room who don't yet have a relationship with you would come to know you so they can they can know these things as well and they can experience them for themselves. And God, I pray that we would just live lives that praise you and call every creature in the universe to join us in doing that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.